Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, and today on the pod, a very important topic inspired by the last dance. And who better to have on the pod than ESPN basketball reporter extraordinaire and the most intense LA native you will ever <laughs> meet, Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, how you doing? What's up, Chad? I'm so glad to talk to you. I could chat about yeah. Last Dance stuff all day. And we were sharing some pretty good stories about Last Dance coming in. I have loved every second of this series. And for you, especially like knowing the players, knowing Pip so well, Scotty Pippen, knowing Phil Jackson so well, mm-hmm. what are some of your like high level takeaways from what you've been seeing so far? Well, the first thing is it's been nice for me to see Phil Jackson sort of in all his glory again in like what Phil Jackson was because I came of age as a reporter in LA covering Phil Jackson's Lakers, right? And, you know, I got to know Phil the way he was. Um, But I never knew Phil in Chicago. So even this is even a better version of Phil than we got to know because so much of what Phil did in LA was just like managing Shaq and Kobe and, you know, somehow (laughs) running the triangle or whatever they ran back in those days. Wasn't really the triangle most of the time. Um, But I always kind of like, heard about what it was like in Chicago I watched it as a fan I was like in high school and college during those during those great Bulls teams um so to like see the original Phil is is awesome to me and like previously I mean I read Sacred Hoops when I was in college I I read all of his you know his his books like I definitely knew of him but like to see how he interacted with that team and kept them all together has been great um but you know partly because look Phil Jackson kind of had like this weird detour where he went to New York and was a failed executive and like everybody that that's always what happens to people when they go to New York. Right. It's like the, the sirens call of the garden and everybody thinks they can go in there and really they just crash up against the rocks to, to, to make a Greek mythology analogy for you. Um, Cause nobody can win there. Um, and it's nice to see, this is what Phil does best. This is why Phil was so um, different as a coach. It's why he has 11 rings and also like just, can you imagine going into a season where they've already decided they're going to replace you and like everybody on the team and still keeping it together and winning a championship? Like just no, like doc rivers and I were talking about it and he goes, God, I can't imagine that where he said, you could go 82 and oh, you're still going to get fired at the end of the year. It, that is what's, that is what's most stunning to me. Yeah. Is like, they went into that last year. And by the way, this is not what the podcast is about for people yeah. listening. There's a very specific topic I want to get to with Ramona, but because of your relationship to all these people, um, the fact that he went into that last year and knew he wasn't going to be coming back and sort yeah. of was able to frame everything the way he did for everybody and keep them from being bitter with each other and so bitter at the organization that they just decided to say, screw you to everybody and go out and yeah. be as good as they could be. That's a testament to how good a coach he was. It really was. And, and, and also another high level takeaway, Chad, like Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan were totally aligned. Like a couple of those episodes, you can just see how much they, they work together, especially in managing Rodman. And, um, and, you know, when Phil says to, you know, Mike, like Michael says, you know, Dennis wants a vacation and he's like, what? Right. <laughs> like, right. So do I. Right. But like they were on the same page with things. Like they understood things like, you know, Michael as competitive and as amazing as he, he was like, he understood that Dennis needed a little extra space and you had to treat him differently. Um, and there's just not many coaches who would go for that or players. That's also was like the fact he was willing to let Dennis Rodman just go away for three days. Yeah. Like 
that is a level of intensity. When think about all the people that yeah profiled, like remember the Ronda Rousey stories yeah. that you had to do. Like think about the people you have profiled in your life and match yep. their level of intensity with what you've seen from people like Robin or Michael or even Pippin totally. in that moment. Who, who can sort of le- level up to that? So here's, here's what I'm going to point out that I've just in watching this, this documentary unfold. They're all kind of the same though. Like they all, when they get super intense, right? When they have this intense run, they both, they all like Phil, Michael, Dennis, anybody you want to name on that team, they all need to escape. They don't deal with it by like ratcheting it up. Like they find different ways of, of escaping that pressure somehow. So for Michael, it's gambling and it's golfing, right? That, those are his two vices that he does. Um, for Rodman, it's I need to go party. I need to escape. Like I think, you know, at some point where he's going to go be in WrestleMania in the middle of the finals. Remember that? That's, yes. that's coming up. Um, you know, a lot of, some of it is like this need to escape. For Phil, it's every summer he used to just drive off to Montana and no one would hear from him all summer. He had to just be in his cabin and be away. And it's like, they, because they're so intense and because everything they're managing and dealing with internally is so, um, so heavy. It's like, they have to, they all find their ways of detoxing. <laughs> like they're very different ways, but I think that's why they all understood each other. And for you, it's disappearing into a hotel room for three days to write a story. Yes, a block, like a block away from your house, a block away from my house. Yeah. I just, I can't, it's the only way I can really truly focus. So if I have something where, especially when you're doing long form, you like you're, you have, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours of interviews and scenes and things that you're trying to process and like really compartmentalize. Like, you know, there's this level of like, I got it. So, okay. Can I turn off my phone and can I do this? And now I will say I have not done it as much since I had a child. I just kind of had to learn how to compartmentalize, even though I was like really bad at it. But I used to like go to hotels for like a couple of nights and I would like become nocturnal because that's when my phone would stop ringing. So I would just like work at night and like write until like six, seven in the morning. And then I would like sleep until noon and then try to get back into it again. But I just, I always, even at the hotel, it was like, I could do some during the day, but I mostly wrote at night. Writing of any kind, if you're trying to do anything during the day, it feels almost impossible. It's like, yeah, you need the darkness and you need the solitude to really be all encompassing to get yeah. anything of any value done. Yeah. And it's like, it's like this intense level of focus that you need to like somehow get to. I used to like pick a, I used to do a soundtrack for each story. And it was like, I was like kind of how I would get into like whatever tone or feel of a story that I wanted to be in. So like, if it was like a, a badass story, I would have, you know, like just pump up music. Or if it was like a sad story, if it was a long, but you know, like I just said, and oftentimes even within that soundtrack, I would just hit the same songs on, um, over and over. So I remember like some Ronda Rousey song, like soundtracks were always like Lucinda Williams and Mavis Staples. <laughs> it was always like that. That's so funny. I've been in a massive woman of uh, like country music ride. Oh during, yeah. During Corona. Yeah, that works. Really, it's keeping me going. A very special guest calling in from Chicago where he is running the sports journalism program at Northwestern. He also had been a longtime writer for the LA Times, for the Chicago Sun-Times, contributor now at ESPN, but also a longtime contributor across all fronts at ESPN. Another LA native, Jay Adande. How are you, buddy? Good. Sorry. I had some technical issues, but here we are. Let, 
let's let's zoom. <laughs> you have you have me, you have Ramona, and there's a very specific reason I wanted both of you on for this podcast because Jay, you are obviously all over uh, the Last Dance, and Ramona and I were just talking a little bit about that, and it's amazing. But it reminded me that as a kid growing up in Chicago in the '80s, growing up in Highland Park, not far from where you are, you're you're teaching. I had Michael Jordan at the peak of his powers. I had Walter Payton at the peak of his powers and I had Ryan Sandberg at the peak of his powers. So I had three players who are considered the greatest of all time, if not at their position, but maybe in their sport. So I asked on Twitter, like, give me your trios. Three people, separate sports, same city at the same time. And the responses I got were insane from Baltimore, from Pittsburgh, from Detroit, from San Francisco, mm. from Houston, from Seattle, remote waiting with LA because I was having a hard time with LA. And yeah, so I wanted- Now I wanted by having to- a hard time with LA, did you mean having a hard time narrowing it down from all Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Do we go with Magic Johnson or Kareem? Right. <laughs> right. right. Do we go with Fernando or Kirk Gibson or Oral Hershiser? Like. We have a lot to choose from during the during the early to mid '80s and and late '80s. Like that whole that's my childhood. So I was born in '79. I kind of grew up on the Showtime Lakers and Tommy Lasorda's Dodgers, who were pretty darn good in the '80s. Well, I agree. Like the '80s, like you guys helped me narrow it down. But I will say, yeah. for a while, people were weighing in with Kirk Gibson, and to me, a combination of Kirk Gibson, Magic, and Wayne Gretzky, to yeah. me, did not rise to the level of Michael Jordan. Walter Payton and Ryan Sandberg. Then you weighed in mm. with Ordell Hershiser. And I think yeah. Hershiser to me does come to the level of Ryan Sandberg. So Ramona, make your case right now. And then Jay, you can follow up. Jay, well, you've, look, got, you've got Chicago, like go, going back to the Sun-Times and now being there, you can weigh in specifically on some of these things. Okay, so I'm gonna just point to the rings. So look, I feel like our basketball, our basketball choices almost like cancel each other out because we have the Showtime Lakers and then Jordan's Bulls. I guess you could give a slight edge to Jordan and the Bulls, right? Because they have six rings and the Showtime Lakers got five. So that's a slight edge there. But then we also have Magic and Kareem. So I don't know. You just have Jordan. Like, I don't know if you want to put Pippen in there. <laughs> but, but like, it's, I, I feel like, like that's a push on basketball, okay? With LA in the 80s versus Chicago in the 90s. So, do we agree basketball cancels each other out? Look, I feel like if you have Michael Jordan, you have Michael Jordan, and that is above and beyond anything. And if you have- We got magic. You got magic. We got, the, we got, Kareem. got Kareem. I I, mean, I, I can even toss in James Worthy if you want to talk about all-time greats. But like James Worthy himself in episode one of The Last Dance said Michael was only better than him for 20 minutes. How many 10-part series have been done about <laughs> Kareem? How many 10-part series have been done about Magic Johnson? Well, Magic Johnson's about to be in an HBO scripted series done by There the, wasn't the a, Bla- a Broadway Adam, play about Michael Jordan. Yeah. There was a Broadway play about Magic and Bird. Short-lived, but still, yeah. they made it to Broadway. They played on Broadway. You're right. talking about, uh, Ramon, you're talking about Adam McKay, who's doing Jeff, yeah. Perlman, Jeff Perlman's book. Yeah, that's going to be an HBO series coming up. Still, it's not a 10 series. I know, I know. okay. Let's okay, just say it's a push, okay? But when we talk about baseball, the Dodgers won. Your Cubbies didn't win during that time. And Oral Hershiser started breaking some all-time records. Yeah, like, I'm, Oral Hershiser going on the scoreless inning streak and winning those games in the playoffs. Like, the, the guy's name is Oral. And he had a career like that? Like, and he looks <laughs> like, come on, man. To have a career like that with a name like Oral, with looking like, a, like he's an accountant, 
I mean, doesn't he look like an accountant, you know? And he just went out there and hit all-time scoreless inning streak and took the Dodgers to the to the World World Series in 88. Uh, that's like an unbelievable magical run. And like people give Gibson all the credit for, you know, that home run in game one because it's this big moment and Vince Scully has the amazing call. But Oral Hershiser is the reason they were there. I mean, that guy, they just rode him. Now, that didn't happen as much back then, but, like, now we've seen pitchers get on a hot streak like that, right? Like, Madison Baumgartner got on a hot streak like that later for the Giants when they would win. But the Dodgers won the World Series in 88. Like, Ryan Sandberg, as great as he is, you don't have that team success to go with it. Jay, I feel like you can be much more impartial on this. Given, oh, yeah, I'm not impartial at all. Given, I'm given, still doing my Gibson, yeah. my, my fist pump after the home run. I'm just doing it. He's professorial. He's almost like a sports historian. You know, he's got a lot of credibility here. Well, first, okay. I think you have the wrong trio for Chicago. And that if you're going to go to the Chicago trio, you'd have to do the one that was immortalized on the poster, which was labeled class for all seasons. And that was Jordan Payton, Andre Dawson. And Ooh. A, a picture of them all wearing tuxedos, um, looking very classy. Um, you know, they all won most valuable player awards. Um, I think Peyton won an MVP. If not, he should have. They did. No. Uh, uh, yeah, they did. I mean, Dawson certainly did. Yeah. So, so there's three MVPs. Um, you know, they're all in Chicago at the same yeah. time. Um, so I'd, I'd say that's the trio. And then to counter, I'd say the, the, the peak in a lot of ways was Magic, Gretzky, Bo Jackson. And Bo Jackson certainly doesn't have oh. the, the numbers, you know, the Hall of Fame numbers in either sport that he was in. But he played football in Los Angeles for the Raiders and certainly racked up, you know, a disproportionate share of highlights and was exciting. And, and the fact was that there was a time where you could see all three in a home uniform in the same weekend in L.A. And that was a very unique aspect and actually caught two of them in the same day. There, there was a oh, wow. came back from college and I went to a Raider game in the afternoon, went to a Laker game at night, a Sunday, obviously. Um, I could have caught the Kings and I wish I had. The Kings were home, so I could have done it. So the thing is, it was possible to see all three of those guys who Dang. were, maybe, if not the greatest to watch, the, the greatest to play their sports. Gretzky probably has the best argument for that. But who better to watch? You know, can you name three better people to watch play their sports than those three? Mm. All were available to see in a home uniform simultaneously in 1988. So I agree. Yeah. Take on Bo Jackson. And, and a lot of people on Twitter submitted a Gretzky magic Bo Jackson combo. Before we get to that, I do want to say I thought a lot about Andre Dawson in Chicago. And ultimately, I decided on Ryan Sandberg. And you probably know, uh, you guys both probably know, uh, Mark Silverman, who's known as Sylvie for Waddle and Sylvie in Chicago, yeah. he backed me and said he would put Andre Dawson in this trio instead of Ryan Sandberg. I, I settled on Ryan Sandberg because of what he did to transform a franchise that had not won anything. And his year in 1984 was so much more transcendent while Andre Dawson had a great year. I think it was 87, 88, and like won an MVP that year for a last place team. A lot of people had done what Andre Dawson had done. No one had done what Ryan Sandberg had done. And Ryan Sandberg probably goes down as a top five second baseman of all time. Andre Dawson mm -hmm. does not go down as a top five outfielder of all time. That's why I decided to go with Ryan Sandberg. The reason why I like Oral better than Bo Jackson is because ultimately, like, Oral Hershiser did it over a longer period of time, and also he won a World Series title. I think saying the best to watch, if you say 
one year greatest of all time, I think you do go with Bo Jackson and you do go with Gretzky and you do go with Magic. But if you're talking about a career greatest of all time, then I think you have to go with Oral Hershiser. But are you talking about a moment? Because if you're talking Sandberg 84, that means you're only getting the first couple months of Jordan's career. Um, yeah. No, but I'm, ta- I'm talking about like, I, Sandberg was as good as he was from 84 to 89, right? Like he was a top flight Hall of Fame player. The Cubs went to the playoffs in 84. He was an integral part of the Cubs going to the playoffs in 89. Jordan, obviously, from 84 to 89, by 88, he was winning MVP and, you know, winning the All-Star Game MVP and winning Defensive Player of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's why, that's why I sort of have that window of, say, 84 to 88. So here's what's interesting. There's almost this, like, debate here, within, debate within the debate of, are you going to pick somebody who's, like, the all-time great in their, in their prime? Or do, how much does winning count, right? Like, to me, the biggest moment of my childhood was the Dodgers winning the World Series in 88. I mean, I was, I grew up, I was, I was playing t-ball. No, by then I would have not been in t-ball. I would have been, like, in real softball by then. But, like, I was watching that. Like, I was watching Kirk Gibson hit that home run. And like, it's still forever in my memory of like greatest sports memory, right? And then right up there are the Lakers, Showtime Lakers, right? It's because that's right in, right in their wheelhouse too. And Wayne Gretzky, when he came to LA, like, I mean, we looked at hockey before that as like, whatever. But like, he had the charisma, he got everybody into the Kings. Like, I mean, I had no interest in hockey before that. And I used to watch the Kings all the time just because of Wayne Gretzky. And then we all got into Luke Robitaille and they had Barrett Melrose as their coach. I mean, it was like the Kings were a thing, right, Jay? I mean, you were working here at that time. They were, yeah, they were, it was, it's funny they were a I, thing. I left for, um, I left yeah. for college that year. It, it, the Gretzky got there right as I was leaving to head to Northwestern. So it was, it was a little disappointing that I didn't really get to experience yeah. that in L.A., that phenomenon. But, you know, in 1988, and I caught the first – half of the year in 88, you know, Lakers win the championship, the Dodgers win that championship, Gretzky comes yeah. to LA. Um, Boom. You know, so, so, but, but is that even the best year to be a sports fan in LA? Because in 1984, the Raiders are still there. They win the Super Bowl. Marcus yeah. Allen, Super Bowl MVP. You have the Olympics come to town, yeah, um, which was amazing. You know, the, the Dodgers are still good. You know, it feels like the Dodgers were were good throughout they the were 80s. good yeah they yeah. were good through the yeah. 80s i mean they, they win in 81 and 80 88 um you know but it, it, it's hard to imagine them i don't really remember them having any down period um you know 84 is a little bitter for me because that's the year the lakers lost to the celtics in the finals so that 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 sort of cast a pall yeah. over the next month at least and, and that's kind of what kept it from being the perfect year but the, the fact is they were still in the midst of I think four straight finals appearances. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they played in the finals and they won the championship the next year. So yeah. like 84, Look, let, 85 is a great stretch to be in. And the, and the thing about it is that like, I'm a Raider fan. I said, will always be a Raider fan. I don't like that they're in Vegas, but whatever, you know, I feel like it's LA or Oakland, but when the Raiders are, when the Raiders are rolling, man, LA is a Raider talk. And so like, you're right about Bo Jackson. He was just the most amazing star because he was, he was so unique and he was so electrifying. Like he was definitely peak of his abilities in 88. The thing is they didn't win then. So like, it's kind of hard for me to, to like jump on that Raider bandwagon in that year. Um, I know the Kings didn't win a title that year, but like they did well. And, and Gretzky was, you know, was so revolutionary, you know, for, won, for all the, he won an MVP that year, didn't he? Yeah. MVP, but they didn't win a Stanley yeah. cup for many years later, right. but 
but but still like he made them relevant and he was like the star of stars and and I think that like um I, I don't know I think I you just got to give it to him because he's like the greatest hockey player ever um and to me like I, I'll take I'll take the Dodgers winning the title over over Bo Jackson you know that was really exciting it just they didn't win true story I did not see the Kirk Gibson home run because I was at a Bennigan's in Northbrook and I could not see it because a rookie for the Chicago Bulls named Will Purdue was standing at the bar and I was behind him. Blocked your view of the home run? Will Purdue blocked my view of the Kirk Gibson home run. (laughs) That's sad. It's totally sad. If it makes you feel any better, I got stuck behind Taco Fall with the dunk contest this year. I couldn't really see anything either. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Ramona, I was I was at All Star with my younger son, and he uh-huh. noticed you walking the sidelines. Yeah, All Star talking to everybody. He's like, "I'm pretty sure that's Ramona Shelburne." I'm like, "I'm yeah. pretty sure that's right." Yeah. Well, the the sideline radio gig at the All Star game day is like the best gig because everybody's relaxed. Like, you know, normally when you're a sideline reporter, right. you're kind of sneaking into huddles that, that they don't really want you a part of, right? Like you're like, you're kind of like a eavesdropper, you know, and you kind of sneak in there and everybody's intense and stuff. And it's hard to get on the sideline because there's, there's not really a big um, pathway, right? Like there's fans sitting right up on there. So you're just like stepping over people and you're chasing down injuries. For All-Star, man, everybody's chill. Like, you can just walk right up to them on the bench and start talking to them in the middle of the game. <laughs> it's kind of fun, right? So, like, and, and also there's no other media down there. So, like, you're, like, the only person there. The sideline radio and sideline TV, it's great. As sort of sports experts, let me give you some other things that people sent in and get your takes. Because one right. of them also, this was a surprisingly good one that came in from Seattle. And it also okay. has last stats relevance. Gary Payton, Cortez Kennedy, and Ken Griffey Jr., I've got a three, but people like I wouldn't be excited to see Cortez Kennedy. Yeah, I didn't into a game to see Cortez Kennedy, and he was great. And and that's seriously a name I haven't thought of in probably fifteen years. Mm. So uh, I I feel bad for Seattle because Ken Griffey Jr. like everyone left right, and then the yeah. including the Seattle SuperSonics. You know, I mean, we yeah. had of us, but LA didn't feel that bad off for not having the NFL. Like people don't get it that people are, oh you don't have the NFL. Like, we had so much else going on. Yeah. We didn't miss it that much. But Seattle, when the Sonics left, it just felt like a, a piece of that town was, was ripped away from them, and they still haven't recovered. The NFL wasn't here for, like, decades. And we, but we still had the Lakers, and they were winning. We had the Dodgers. And like, they had some down years. But they were – even during the worst USC of the Frank McGore years. USC football. Like, there was, a, there was enough. We didn't really miss the NFL. Like, you could just watch whoever you wanted every Sunday. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another, here's another one for you. And I, we have not settled LA because I think Jay's making really good points about Bo Jackson, but Ramona's also making good points about Oral Hersizer. It's going to come down to Bo and, and uh, Oral. What about a Detroit, sneaky Detroit? Barry Sanders, Isaiah Thomas, Steve Eiserman. Mm, that's not a bad list. They're all winners. I mean, well, Barry Sanders didn't win a title, but he was like all-time. Like All you time record holder. apply the criteria that Adande is talking about. Those are three players who were great to watch. And also yeah. like all timers, like Iserman's, you look at Iserman's yeah. stats, he's a top five hockey player of all time. Isaiah, yeah. obviously, again, you know, sort of revitalized during the last dance, but he was a wicked 
awesome basketball player. Arguably the second greatest point guard in NBA history. Yeah. Even Jordan said it. Even Jordan said in the show, like after Magic, arguably the second best ever. A Chicago kid who broke my heart that I had to hate him because of the Pistons. And um, Barry Sanders, come on. How good was he to watch? Yeah, Barry Sanders. I would watch him any day. You know, like, like I'd take Peyton over, over Barry Sanders, and I'd take, um, obviously, Jordan over Isaiah. So if, if Chicago wins that one, um, and then I'd take Magic over Isaiah and Gretzky over Iserman. E- even, even L.A. Gretzky. Yeah, okay. I mean, when you're talking Gretzky, you're really talking Edmonton Gretzky. Edmonton, yeah. But I'd, I'd say even L.A. Gretzky, 88, you know, the early years, and he did get mm-hmm. him to a, uh, to a Stanley Cup final in 93 i believe right so mm-hmm. um I, I i still take la over that just accomplishments all right this is my last one because i agree with you and like the reason i wanted you guys on is because of the la perspective and to me this la trio is the only one that could push jordan and peyton and sandberg the last one dwight gooden patrick ewing lawrence taylor nah no nah, well, you can't put ewing on there but He's the I, one who brings it down. Rookie year Ewing was a phenomenon, right? Yeah. Uh, White Gooden in 86. Amazing, yeah. If I could go back and watch one pitching season, even Oral's in 88, as, as mm-hmm. great and as historic as Oral in 88, Dwight Gooden in 86 was a phenomenon. I remember watching on WOR right. Superstation. And you he was, yeah. And catch Dwight Gooden. That, that was a phenomenon. And Patrick was super fun to watch. I mean, he restored the Knicks and, and made them relevant again. That, that, that's a pretty good trio. It's a, it, again, Guys, you I'm didn't even short. mention LT won the MVP yeah. in 86. Yeah, I mean, L- and LT was just a phenomenon. Um, yeah. Just, just the dominant changed the game, right? I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. funny. You, you go back and you read The Blind Side, and it talks about the rise of, of the left tackle, which was all because of LT. <laughs> right. Right. That's exactly yeah. it. Doc Gooden gets it. But I mean, like Ewing, you can't. No, I mean, as good as he was, like, they didn't win. I, I don't know that he's considered, like, he's not Kareem. He's not Shaq. He's not, right? Like, is he even a top five center of all time if we just go down the list? Will Chamberlain? Like, I mean, Ewing, I don't know. Or Olajuwon, uh, Shaq. Olajuwon. Bill Russell. Kareem. Bill Russell. Yeah. I don't think that one's going to cut it. All right. Sorry. New York is out. All right. Then it's Sorry, New York. Man, but but it, it, one year to watch, who, 80, 86. 86. Especially the good. I mean, that, 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 that was just one of my favorite phenomenons. His curveball. Yeah. Oh, man. That, watching Dwight Gooden in 86 was, was something. Plus with strawberry, right? I mean, yeah. well, you know, that, Gooden and straw. You could easily put strawberry Ewing LT in that conversation, too. I think I put Gooden ahead of strawberry, but – it's still a relevant, uh, he's a relevant yeah. sort of uh, option. All right, it's coming back down. Magic, Gretzky, Bo, or Oral? I mean, you know I vote Oral. Like, I just think Bo is, like, I Donde. think his 88 season plus the championship tops Bo. I just remember, but like, Bo was more fun to watch. So, I, you know, that, that was the three that I, that I gave you when you asked for my submission. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or- Oral was was fantastic, historic. Was it sixty consecutive scoreless innings? Mm-hmm. World Series MVP, Sportsman of the Year. That that's the thing. Of all the people we named, he was the Sportsman of the Year out of everybody in sports that year. For sports yeah. I, I just go with with Bo just because that's who I was checking for. You know, he was he was. And more his excited. name is Oral. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like like Tommy Lasorda told me this great 
story, and I don't know, every Tommy story is a little, you never know if it's totally true, right? There's this story where he goes, listen, your name isn't Oral Hershiser, it's Bulldog. <laughs> you're a bulldog and he just started calling him bulldog and i mean the guy he literally looks like an accountant i mean how's this guy striking everybody out and score, scoreless inning streaks like this i oh, think i have nine yeah i love adonde's argument about bo jackson who is yeah. an independent athlete but i have to go with oral hershiser magic and gretzky and i think it actually beats peyton jordan and sandberg because Ooh. And I think it's because the way I originally considered the argument, like I can't do my trio if I go with, uh, with the Don Day's argument because I don't right. have, you know, so I have to go with uh, Dawson, Magic, Gretzky, and Oral Hershiser as the number one trio for wow. one city at one time across three sports. 1988, man. 1988. It's a hot time in the city, man. I was nine. <laughs> How old were you, Jay? You were like yeah, high school I was, age? I was 17, yeah. So I graduated. Okay. I, I went to game seven against the Pistons. So that's the one I oh. saw that in person. And that was like the culmination of my childhood. Like, I, yeah. I, I remember it, it was so symbolic. It was, yeah. And the day of game seven, I drove. I went back to my elementary school. I probably stopped at my junior high. I was just wrapping up my childhood. I knew I was getting ready to go away to college. Yeah. That, that, that ball and I, I, I needed them to win that championship the, the yep. late in the 80s were everything to me and remember nobody had won back-to-back in the NBA since like Russell's uh, Celtics in the 60s yeah. and so it was such a big deal to be going for back-to-back but I, I just needed that to to finish off my, my adolescence and then go to college and, and I, I spent $125 on a ticket at a time when I had Dang. 250 in my bank account Yeah, <laughs> to, to get a ticket to game seven. And um, man, that just meant so much to me. Well, Chad, the other thing too, if this makes you, this tops this off, okay? We didn't just have three all-time greats in their prime in the same year. Two of those three won championships and all of their games were called by arguably the greatest broadcasters in their sports ever. Okay. Vin Scully, Vin Scully's calling Oral Hershiser. Chick Hearn is calling the Laker games. And Bob Miller is calling the games for when, for when Gretzky and the Kings. I mean, that's pretty good. Ramona, I have a picture with all three. That's my version of the poster with, with Dawson, Jordan. uh, Yeah. So it's one of the few times they're all in the same room together. The the local yeah. Fox Sports outlet did a roundtable. This is after Bob Miller gets into the the Hockey Hall of Fame, and so they had him, Chick, and um and Vin come in and just share stories, and it was amazing. Awesome. And I was in there, and, and uh, Larry Stewart, who was the LA Times sports TV critic, was in there, and I got a picture with everybody. Um, very few people have a photo with Bob Miller. Chick Hearn yeah. and Scully, because of the schedules, they were so rarely in the same room together. It only happened maybe two or three times. And mm. um, very, you know, and very few, if any, cities got to grow up hearing their sports broadcast to them by three people at the very top of their profession, among the very, very best to ever do it. So yeah. you know, great point, Ramona. Not only did we get to see these players, when we couldn't see them, we got to hear their exploits described to us by the best you could ask for. Yeah, great. So now you guys are just laying it on a little thick. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we really were spoiled. Like, honestly, why are we all sports fans? Because we grew up in L.A. in the 80s with these three guys on the call. Awesome. But I do think, you, look, you make a really good point, Ramona, and that is this is the kind of game that, that 
people will end up loving because it reminds them of why they fell in love with sports to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I am loving the last dance because it reminds yep. me so much about when I was 12 years old and going to Bulls games in 1983 before Jordan arrived. And my dad was buying 10 tickets for, you know, a dollar each for my birthday. And we'd go see Orlando Woolridge, Reggie Theus, Artis cool. Gilmore, David Greenwood. Yeah. Like, to me, that was like the end all be all of existence. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why the, all of this is so much fun. Mm. Yeah. When mm. I think of the Bulls in the stadium, you know, just getting there my first couple of years of college, getting tickets. And, and one time we literally had a seat in the last row of the second balcony of Chicago Stadium. But that building, the way it was set up, you're still out over the court. So you're not very far from the court because the, those balconies are hanging out over. And like you could stand if you're down on the floor, you could look mm. up. And if your friend was sitting in the second balcony, you could recognize their face. That, that's how close it was. Um, the energy in that building, I still get goosebumps every time I see the the serious intros, you know, and 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 now. Oh yeah. Yep. But, but especially. Oh man, I hear that school. Alan Parsons project. Oh yeah. Chills. Imagine seeing that every night, like it's a random Wednesday, and it's before wow. a TNT before TNT had national games, and you're watching it on WGN with Jim Durham and Johnny Red Kirk. <laughs> like yeah. awesome. that was every single night. All right, Ramona Shelburne, Jay Adande, thank you guys. LA native, sports historian extraordinaires. You guys got lucky. You grew up with very good players in your era. Thanks for coming on the favorites. Woohoo, we win. Rarely <laughs> <laughs> right. a person to admit something, but yeah, you gotta admit that that eighty eight was pretty damn. I was convincing with that bulldog story, wasn't I? All right. It was uh, good catching up with you guys. I'll talk to you later. All right, Chad. Yeah. Bye, Jay. Yeah. This has been The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Moman. Download from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Until next time. Love you.